0: It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew.
1: Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events all centered around our community. Now here's your host, Troy Holden.
0: And welcome back to the Portland Morning Brew, the Portland Chamber of Commerce podcast, where we talk to local business leaders, people of influence, and get to know them better and share what they do. Today, we're uh, happy to have with us Shane Lame. Shane is uh, in real estate, and we'll get into all the details of that as my email bell starts ringing, and I'll turn that off. But uh, Shane, welcome. Good to have you.
1: Oh, Thanks, Troy. Glad to be here this morning.
0: Well, really good to have you. I've I've known you for a long, long time. Uh, I can remember I want to say eleven, twelve years ago. Uh, Nathan Sivils called me up one day, and I was you know having some real struggles going through some stuff. And he said, "Hey, come on down to the tent revival tonight." And and uh, I think you were were doing some preaching that night, and and uh, maybe it was a lot of. Uh, you had, I don't know, seemed like maybe you had just gotten started into some of that at the time.
1: Yeah. So uh, I know there was a handful of us done a Temple Bible down there in Portland during the Strawberry Festival and stuff. But yeah, that's been several years ago.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it has been. Uh, but boy, time flies. I'll tell you. So tell us a little bit about your history with Portland, uh, growing up in Portland and, and, uh, some of the things you've done up until, uh, you got into this real estate stuff.
1: All right. So, uh, I don't know, I guess history in Portland, I've been here my whole life. Uh, matter of fact, I guess it's been, I was thinking back about that earlier. I can think back to at least five generations of my family that have been in Portland. Um, Going back to my great great grandfather, uh, they used to run a Liberty Stables. My I guess my great great three times great uncle used to run a Liberty Stables over off, off of what's now found, uh, Fountainhead F- Fowler Ford Road. But um, of course, grew up in the New Deal area there, and we had a dairy farm. I was third generation dairy farmer there. Uh, Pastor at a church over. Mount Moriah so kind of what got me into the real estate stuff was um, and I guess where we all kind of come together with Nathan and you and myself was um, not only back during that tent revival but uh, started buying a lot of foreclosed homes and stuff back in 07, 08 Um, fixing up those and doing uh, some flips and keeping some for some long-term rentals and stuff so I guess about six years ago now, I uh, got my license and actually went into doing property management with, um, well, time was a friend of mine that had just opened a brokerage up out of Hendersonville. So uh, um, I went on doing the property management side of that and then got into the sales side of it about a year later. And um, I guess it's been about three years ago now, I started a team. Of course, since then I've moved to a benchmark real there in Hendersonville. Uh, started a team there, and um, we're kind of where we're at today. So,
0: well, the real estate market has absolutely changed a ton. And again, lately, uh, with with the change in the in the interest rates and property values and things, so you've kind of got to see it really. Uh, at the time you were buying, and that was probably when I still had Lighthouse Realty. Um, yeah, and there were there were some deals you know yeah. there <laughs> were so some fun. deals
1: it's uh uh you know i guess you say I've, I've got to see the well a pretty good a pretty good view of the ups and downs of it over the past you know 10 15 years now and it's uh mm-hmm. uh it's definitely a different market it's of course as you know it's always changing Um uh, mm-hmm. you know, sure you get, get a lot of people to get panicked over certain points of it but you know this is kind of a roller coaster it's it's always been on and like anything else it's it's always an up and down stuff so mm-hmm. uh, it always it, come it
0: always comes back that's what I always tell people <laughs> the real estate market will always recover no matter how bad or how crappy it gets because i when I started and man i started a long time ago in in real estate 1984 was when I went and got my affiliate license and I got my brokers in 88. And, and I got out of it for quite a while and then got back in up here. But when I started a real estate contract was one piece of paper.
1: Yeah. We're, uh, we're far removed from that today. It's,
0: yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it does. And then with DocuSign and all the things that would come along, it's just a matter of flipping through all the. You know, yeah. the, the screens and getting initials and signatures, but it, it is amazing how much it's changed um, and, and how much property values have changed and they have done nothing but go up and they will, it seems they'll always go up because it's like you'll hear, they ain't making no more, you know, land yeah. is land. It's It's got a finite uh, inventory. But what what other business, you know, can a guy get into and not have to buy inventory and own a bunch of stuff? And, you know, uh, as far as going into real estate, a lot of people uh, look at it and see that, you know, there's a lot of people making a lot of money right now, but they they don't see the hard work and all that has to go in that and the time it takes to build up your name and your persona and, and your reputation. But uh, what other business can you go in where you don't have to you know, buy up inventory or rent a big building or, or do some things like that. It's, it's a good business to get in. If you've got the patience to learn it.
1: Well, uh, you know, and, and speaking of that, I w- I'll say this, it's a whole lot easier to get into the investment side of real estate than it is to get into the uh, mm-hmm. retail s- sale of it. That's, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of, of thinking, well, I'm going to go out and get my real estate license and start selling real estate. And, uh, and yeah, you can make a whole lot more money investing in real estate than you can and try
0: and sell it to somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Sales is tough. It's tough. You got to be, you got to be cut from a certain cloth to do it. It never was my thing. I like managing and that's why I enjoyed the property management yes. and, and managing the contracts when the, when the guys will go out and sell something, I enjoyed that part of it and working through the closings, but I never was a salesperson. Just wasn't my thing.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of in that same boat right there too. Um, although, I've been kind of blessed on a lot of it, and um, but it is—it's a different—it's a different animal than what I originally got into with the investment end of it and stuff, and and still do a lot of that too. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, I know of nothing else that that turns the returns or has the returns of value that that real estate does, whether right. you know just bare land or houses or commercial properties, or um, of course, the big thing now is the vacation rental stuff. It's, um, you know, I, again, I don't know of anybody that has regrets of, of investing in land. It's one of those things that, you know, even though the market might look scary right now or at a certain point, just sit down and hold on to it and it'll, uh, it always gains in value.
0: Right. Right. Always comes out in the end. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, and this is something that I've got a little ex- family experience with things going on right now with the way things have changed over the past couple of years. Some of our younger folks are really, really having uh, struggles uh, yeah. because of A, um, you know, maybe they're only out there making 20 bucks an hour. And, you know, it's tough and they're out on their own. They find themselves in their mid twenties or going into their thirties. They're not making a, a boatload of money,
1: yeah.
0: but they're also finding out they can't even afford rent right now. Rent has really went up. They can't get an yeah, efficiency yeah. apartment there, you know? So what, what, are, uh, what are you guys seeing as far as our younger folks that are trying to get that first time home buyer experience where back in the past, you know, we had properties from. 80 to 150,000 they could afford. And now a starter home is what closer to over 200 maybe.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you're, you're going to definitely be looking at the over two hundreds. Um, I guess the first thing I would tell them is, you know, let's sit down and and set some realistic expectations. Um, like most people, when they come into it, they're looking at a lot of times some higher end homes and you have to explain to them that that the people that live in those today have usually got there because they Bought and lived in four or five other homes until they got to that point, you know, and built the equity on those and cashed in from that to upgrade and then cash in on that equity to upgrade. Um, another thing is to look at their uh, their credit history and stuff. You know, a lot of times that first time home buyer doesn't think about their credit scores and their debt to income ratios until the day that they want to go buy a piece of property or a house or something. And, um, you know, having a better credit score it's going to get you a better rate. And right now, more importantly, you know, focus on the the better rate that you can get rather than the cost of the house. And I know that that sounds crazy from the outside looking in, but you know, if we can raise a credit score up a good 50, 60 points and it drops them a quarter of a point on that interest rate, it makes a world of a difference to them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, getting with the realtor that, you know, I, I will say, I've I've been blessed over the years to to meet some very good loan officers and stuff and uh you know, getting with a realtor that, that knows the different loan officers and the different programs that they have because they're you know, they're like realtors. They're not all the same and they have different programs. Right. And, uh, a lot of them will have they'll just have a better product for that that client than other ones will.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what are uh What are you guys seeing right now as far as the trends in sales? What's your average, uh, you know, is it more middle-aged people buying and moving? Or or what are you seeing mainly in the trends that you're working with?
1: Well, we're seeing a lot of the first-time homebuyers. Of course, this generation, and I don't know what name they give a lot of different names to different generations, but the the early 20-year-olds right now, this is one of the biggest generations that has, um, hit this country. Um, we're seeing that first time home buyer, they're getting to the point that they, you know, they're, they're comparing the what they're going to have to spend on rent somewhere, as opposed to what they could buy for. And, you know, sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't to buy, um, at that particular point in their life right there. So, um, we're seeing a whole lot of first time home buyers, uh, we're seeing, I'm, or at least, the clients that we deal with, we're seeing a very small percentage of, of people coming in from out of state. I know that's been a lot of uh, fear to uh, a lot of the Portland, well, Portland, middle Tennessee people that uh, they've got a preconceived notion that, that it's, you know, the people coming in from California is buying all these high dollar properties. Well, they make up a very small percentage of, of what's actually moving into to middle Tennessee. Yes, we do have some that come in, but the majority of them are people that lit, have lived and grown up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say the first time home buyers, our biggest, biggest market, up until about last year, we've seen a lot of people that were upgrading. They were taking advantage of, you know, the, the lower interest rates and stuff. And I'm talking about 12 months plus from right now, or, um, they were cashing in on the equity of, of the house that they had lived in. A lot of them were starting to face you know the emptiness syndrome. Their kids were getting grown, um, and they were wanting to upgrade their house or upgrade to a, a different area or a different neighborhood and stuff. We're seeing that kind of slow down right now. I know when you look at the real track trends and stuff, we're still seeing a, a good turnover on that two fifty to three hundred thousand range homes. It seemed like the half million and plus is a slow go. And I know that that sounds awful high, but you know, let's just face reality. That's, that's the upgraded house market right there. Mm -hmm. Um, We're seeing them stay on the market a little bit, but at the same time, they're still being sold. It's not like they're just not selling at all. It's just, whereas it used to take them 30 days, you know, a year, year and a half ago, you could put that house on the market and it'd be gone in 30 days right now. You're seeing them on the market for 90 to 120 days on there. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of slowdown on that first time home buyer. So, I mean, I you know we, uh, I had a client this past weekend that, you know, we were still in, in a bit more on, on trying to get them into a property and you it was a 200, around a $200,000 mark on the property right there. But, um, you know, th- those properties are still, they're still hard to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I can I can definitely see that with the uh, with the the demand and how everything balances out. You know, who would have thought that though? Ten, oh, 10, 12, 10, 12 years ago, I sold a house out in Linecrest that, you know, was I bought it for like one sixty, and real estate was kind of dragging at that time, and I was lucky to make a little bit of money off of it. You know, I, I hadn't had it that yeah. long but, uh, saw that it sold not too long ago for like 375 or something. And I'm like, Holy smokes, you know, if I could have just stayed out there a few more years, but it is what it is. And I mean, the yeah. market's really changed. So the, um, you know, when, when people were looking back then at eighty, ninety $90,000 starter homes, $125,000 now they're looking at well over 200 a lot of times. Yes. Is that pretty close?
1: That, yeah. That's, uh, that's very accurate to it. Um, you know, and you use that as, a, as an education tool to a lot of the first-time homebuyers, too. And I'll, I'll you know, give them credit on them. Yes, I, I do believe these prices are ridiculous. Do I think they're going to go down? Absolutely not. There's no reason for them to. Right. But, yeah, but and, at the and look time, at, the,
0: look at the, the trend over the last 50 years. Yes. You know, we, ha- we have lulls in the market. We had that in uh, I want to say somewhere around 2010 to 12, where things weren't going up, but they weren't going down.
1: They wasn't going down. You know, we right. still, uh, witnessed that back in the uh, uh, later later mid 80s. Right when you look back on the trends too, but that the 80s drop and and what we've seen in the 2006 and stuff. You know, if we really dig into that, you'll find out that it was it was more of a mortgage problem than it was. Absolutely. That's housing problem. Um, you know, I, I, we hear a lot of people saying today, well, I'm going to wait till the foreclosures hit. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to turn blue and pass out before you see foreclosures hit in today's market. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I can predict the future by any means, but I, I do know what, what mortgage laws were changed in 07 and 08. hmm. And they're not throwing throwing around foreclosures like they used to.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, all that has definitely changed. And and like you said, we can't predict anything. We don't know uh, what going through an, another election year is going to do. We don't know what those next four years are going to do. But we you won't see and we've never seen in a long, long time to where property values drop. They they things move slower, interest rates may fluctuate and you know, yes. people may struggle a little. And I know back then there was so many people that got caught up in adjustable rate mortgages that went yes. from six or eight percent to twelve percent and they couldn't afford it. So yeah, here come the foreclosures. But I don't think people are making those mistakes and and the mortgage companies are definitely not making the same mistakes. They're not allowed to. So
1: Yes. you know, you know they or As me and you both know, when you look back at that arm rate that they was given back in 05 and 06 there, you know, and you try and explain that to people, you know, that housing crash that you just seen the results of it in 07 through 10. But what actually took place, took place back in 2005, 2004, with those three and five year arm rates that were being handed out to um, residential home buyers when actually they were designed for a business loan or an investor loan, Mm -hmm. Uh, they didn't realize that, that that interest rate was going to dramatically change overnight for them. Right. Both. Right. So, you know, there was a product that came out, and I guess it's still out right now, uh, about these 2 1 buy downs. You know, that was the big thing with about 30, 60 days ago. Used to hear a lot of people talking about the 2 1 buy downs. I don't know about you, but I absolutely cringed when I heard it. I'm thinking, you know, to me, this is uh, an arm, right? That's being reworded here. Um, mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. the clients of course that we're working with, I'll tell them real quick, you know, flip, please don't do this. (laughs) Right, (laughs) You're you're, going to set yourself up. And the reason is, is that they forget a year down the road. You know, at that time the rates were like a 6.1. I just heard yesterday, they they jumped up to a 7.1 for an FHA loan, but uh, there's a 6.1 about two months ago and you can buy down to a 4.1 rate on that. Of course, what they didn't understand was the next year went to five one. Then the year after that, it come back up to a six one, mm-hmm. but comes, you know, 12 months ago by and your debt to income ratio changes life happens that Murphy's law, you know, anything that can happen will happen. Right. And that happens to them. Then when that payment goes up and most people, again, don't realize how much 1% will, will bring their house payment up. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking a $250,000 loan, you're, you're coming up a, a good $300 a month on there.
0: Right. Right. So, and, and as close as a lot of people live, that's going to hurt.
1: Y- yes, it does. And you know, uh, a lot of things can happen, especially to that first time home buyer within a, a two or three year time frame. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't, you don't plan on families expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that tends to happen or, or, or one of them or both of them losing a job or something. You know, there's right. there's not the right. job security out there today that there was well, when I was growing up. I mean, you, right. you, know, you heard about a lot of people retiring back then, and now jobs don't hold on to them that long. So,
0: Right, and then just plug in this last 12 months of inflation. You know, you very easily... <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> very easily get $300 impact a month right there. My gosh, uh, we were gracious. we were looking the other night at uh over the past year at something as simple as a can of dog food that used to be 85 90 cents or a dollar a can and now it's, you know, 2 and a quarter a can. Yeah. And that that's a whole lot more than 8% inflation, but uh
1: oh, that, that's exactly right. You know, just the cost of going out to buy groceries and stuff and, Well, I'll say this: two hundred dollars don't go as far as it used to, and it's sure not a
0: shopping cart. That's right, and and it's it's funny to me. We'll go, and if we come out of there and we're under two hundred, I feel like we've accomplished something, you know, because it's usually way over that. But uh, yeah, it's crazy, and like I said, we don't we don't know what this uh, election and economy is going to do. We can all guess, but you know, we hope it's all for the better. Um, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more on the investing side, because we were saying, you know, back 10, 12 years ago, you could buy these for foreclosed properties. You could get some great deals. What are investors doing now? What are you doing now um, to move forward with these prices going up? It's, uh, I, and of course, rent's higher and everything's higher yes. and you're recuperating the money. But is it a little bit different environment for those investors now than it was then?
1: I, I yes, I, I believe so. Um, you know, there's always going to be a, a need for for the investor side of it on on single family homes and rentals and stuff. However, what we have seen take place and, and really change is it as far as like the individual buying two or three rental properties and stuff. Right now, what we see is a lot of rent groups that are coming in to kind of buy the um, single family homes, or we see more investors switching gears to apartment complexes or commercial, uh, you know, rentals and stuff like that. But then again, one of the biggest areas that, that I've seen in it, you know, this is kind of what we did what I've done in my own thing and my own investment thing there was to transition to vacation rentals. Um, the, the net return on them and the amount of maintenance and stuff on them is, or the amount of headaches is, is a whole lot less than the single family.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that with the groups coming in. I know we we had a little bit of that way back when, where there would be some small groups come in buying the quadruplexes and things.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the um, so we've kind of hit on first time home buyers, the difficulties they're having. We've talked a little bit about the investing, uh, rent. Uh, another thing with rentals, yeah. uh, and and I know even the availability right now is like zero uh i've got a stepdaughter looking for a uh you know like a uh crap what do you call these these little tiny six eight hundred square foot things just for her and she's working in yeah. nashville for a veterinarian and she don't want to get too far and don't want to have to drive too far and there's nothing out
1: there no
0: um so are are, are we going to see any increase in maybe uh, uh things being built more apartments more things in our area especially as the new bypass comes through do you think we'll start seeing more I, there
1: i think we, we will see an influx of that because it makes more sense you know when you look at the price per units so on building an apartment complex as opposed to, to doing more of the single family stuff mm-hmm. great you're going to be building three and four hundred units in an apartment complex but but it brings your price per unit down to somewhere around that thirty-five, forty dollars $40,000 a mark per mm-hmm. unit on that, whereas you're paying $200,000 right now in this market for us. us uh, well, like you said, that's that's the low end of single-family homes right there. You, you might get lucky and find some at one hundred and fifty dollars that's going to need $50,000 and work to fix it up, but it just doesn't compare. And, and, and we have to face reality too. You know, the, the people that are buying and building these are investors. So at the end of the day, they're looking for a net return on their money. Mm-hmm. and their best net return is going to be in the apartment in the apartment stuff mm-hmm. right multi right. stuff um but yeah I, I do believe we'll see an influx of that because like you said that the demand for it right now is ridiculous um what's also ridiculous is the, is the amount of rent that's that's being charged on these but you know right. like, what a lot of people doesn't don't understand on that is this investor has X amount invested in this property. It goes up per year. So, you know, naturally your rent's going to go up per year. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and, and you know, what's so what we're trying to tell our first time home buyers. Yes. Interest rates are today at 7.1%. There's, there are some different programs that can get that bought back down. I, I would suggest if they're going to buy down to do a permanent buy down instead of a temporary buy down end on it. But, <coughs> that's still cheaper than the 10% increase uh, on, across the board. Anyways, in general, is a mm-hmm. 10% increase on the rent from year to year. Right. You're right. still going to pay interest, whichever way you look at it. Um, so the the higher the market gets, the more interest, interest is, you're going to see that spread out, not only to the houses you're looking at buying, but also the houses you're looking to rent too. Mm-hmm. That, that's right. what, that's what determines the amount of rent per per month you're paying on something
0: right right, yep supply and demand it's just uh it's the name of the game and it's it is what it is right now yeah these these little efficiency apartments renting for you know eight to eleven hundred a month depending on how big they are I, I don't see how these these younger kids survive I guess that's why there's there's two oh. of ours still at home right now
1: <laughs> yes yes it is and, and that's a uh, another bigger area that we're seeing right there too is you know when we go back to seeing what was what's being bought and stuff a lot of split family homes so you know what we'd look at is is homes with full basements with a kitchenette and stuff down there where mm-hmm. families merge are merging together to, right. to do that
0: Yep, yeah we've so, got a we've got a 30 by 30 shop building and uh we are very seriously thinking of of Uh, turning half of that into an efficiency for one of the kids just just for that reason yeah i mean i can build that out fairly reasonable and put them out there and and they've Mm kind of got their own place but at least they're not saddled with you know rent or whatever somewhere else. And yes, yeah, you're right. A lot of that is going on. Shane, we've covered a, a lot of ground. Uh, the main thing I want to do now is, is tell everybody how to get in touch with you and your team. If they are looking as a first time home buyer, they're looking to learn more about what they need to do to get prepared to buy. And then even with investors or whatever, uh, tell them how to get in touch with you and your team
1: so uh, you can always go to our website it's www.shanelaneteam.com or you can feel free to give me a call at 615-478-5193 i'd be glad to sit down with with anybody and hey if nothing else to sit and discuss real estate with them so
0: yeah, it's it's fun to talk about. I've been out of it a long time, but I still love to watch how it moves and how the trends change and what's going on. And it's just, it's really been fascinating because these are some of the changes that my my parents had seen. And of course, as you get older and you got more life to look back on, you know, that that's what we see. Because I, I can remember my mom and dad, their first house they bought uh, up in Bedford County, was $5,200 for a a nice little starter home, you know, and and to hear dad walk through, which he was in real estate as well uh, in his later years when he semi-retired and he sold a ton of stuff in Rutherford County his last 10 years of real estate. But to hear him walk through all the different uh, iterations of, I sold that one to get this one, this one to get that one. And he was really good at turning stuff and that helped him be a good investor later. And it's it's fascinating to me. So I've enjoyed talking with you and want to encourage everybody, reach out to Shane. If you have some questions about real estate, there's a lot of complexities to it that didn't used to be there with with the financing, the qualifying, how to get ready to qualify. uh, First time home buyers, you know, and like he said, don't be afraid of the pricing. Uh, Pay more attention to your credit score and and, uh, what you can do on financing and all that'll work out because the real estate, It'll take care of itself. It always has.
1: Yes, that's that's exactly right. You know, again, say don't say that, saying that. To don't pay attention at all to the price and stuff. Hey, if something's overpriced for you. you don't need it. But oh yeah, absolutely. We, we focus more on that on that interest rate and <laughs> getting you the right. best rate on something there. Right. The price right. stays the same, and but yeah, I'd be glad to to speak with anybody at any time.
0: Well, reach out to Shane. And Shane, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure a lot of great information here for everybody. And we appreciate you being uh, a member of the chamber.
1: Well, Troy, I appreciate you having me on this morning and appreciate you taking time to speak with me. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening, and join us again soon.